it's Leanna. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a second to thank you for listening. The fact that you chose this episode out of the millions of podcast episodes that are out there, that's pretty cool. We'd love it if you left us a review, subscribed, shared us with a friend. And if there's something you want to see us talk about on Hometown Stories, just let us know. Send an email to hometownstories at wdbj7.com. Okay, now let's settle in for today's episode. Have you ever had a migraine? I did, just once. And it was a rough experience, to say the least. But it got me wondering, how did my friends with chronic migraines manage? What better understanding do we have about migraines, how they're triggered, and how we can treat them? I invited Jamie Brackenrich, family nurse practitioner with Lewis Gale Regional Health System, to join us for a discussion. This to help us better understand how migraines happen and what's on the horizon to help treat them. This conversation originally appeared on the WDBJ7 Plus digital news desk. A note, we recorded this interview when the air was thick with smoke from the Canadian wildfires. Something we learned could also trigger a migraine. So let's talk about uh, migraines. And I will say, I part of what I wanted to do this conversation for is I have so many friends, particularly women, who are chronic migraine sufferers, and they're always seeking out more information on what could be behind their migraines and how to treat them. So in your experience and in your um, you know research, can you tell us about what are some of the known uh, common triggers for migraines or severe headaches? Sure. Um, So right now, obviously, the um, air quality is a big issue. Um, People with migraines are really suffering not only from the air quality, but I think from the barometric pressure, just, um, you know, we're having a lot of increased pressure and then the weather gets nice and then it's raining and some of those things are happening within 24 hours. So that's very hard on migraine sufferers in particular. other triggers um, that are kind of well well known in the migraine world: chocolate, actually, alcohol, um, some cheeses. You know, some of our diet is really affecting how many migraines we're having. And so sometimes you just have to kind of step back and think about what's triggering this. What did I eat yesterday? What did I do yesterday? Did I drink enough water? Um, hydration is obviously very important. Um, so some things that we do before we kind of start the assessment process is to have patients um, create like a journal just from a month maybe, or even two weeks, and just writing down everything they eat, how much water they're consuming, are they exercising, how much sleep did they get, are they under additional stress? Um, Because those are kind of the modifiable behaviors. So we can drink more water, we can get more sleep, we can shut the TV off, um, reduce screen time, things like that. So some of the triggers we can prevent, but then there are the non-modifiable, which is the weather. Um, Some stress is unavoidable, unfortunately. So um, after you've kind of done those modifiable risk factors, you've changed your behavior, then we can talk about uh, medication management and how to prevent them, and then abortive medicines and how to treat them when you do have an acute attack. Um, Just, again, some of what my friends who tell me uh, about their experiences with chronic migraines, it's sort of this invisible illness, um, but it can be super impactful to their day-to-day lives. And the patients that you treat, how did they share, what did they share with you as far as the way that 
chronic migraines in particular affect their day-to-day -day lives? Yeah, so um, what research has shown us recently, there's episodic migraines, and that's kind of one a week, one a month, um, not as not as frequent. Um, but as so what a, a migraine is, is the cranial nerves around the face are being activated. They're hypersensitive. Um, smell, sound, noise, um, perfumes, all of those things, foods can trigger those cranial nerves to kind of activate and cause pain to go to the brain. Um, and once you have episodic migraines for so long, it becomes chronic. So kind of more than 14 headache days a month, um, we classify you as a chronic migraine sufferer. And at that point, it's really hard to kind of manage the migraine. Um, so we really want to catch you in that episodic migraine. We want you to be able to treat those episodic migraines before you become a chronic migraine sufferer. I know that there have been some new um, pharmaceutical drugs that have come online in the last couple of years to try and treat um, headaches. What have we seen on the market as far as treatment, either medicinal or otherwise, that's new and perhaps effective for some people? Yeah, so actually it's kind of an exciting time in the migraine world because for years, all we've had were these other medicines that were treating migraines. So seizure medicines, depression medicines, um, anxiety medicines even, but you know, they were causing these unwanted side effects. Patients were not thinking clearly. They had a brain fog because they were on this medicine or they couldn't sleep because they were on certain medicines. Um, weight gain was a big one. So we had these choices, which they were okay with treating migraines. You might see a reduction, um, but they weren't targeted for migraines. And so over the last uh, maybe five, six years, they've developed migraine-specific treatments. And, you know, they don't have those side effects that these other generic medications have. They're very effective in actually targeting the migraine and preventing it altogether. Um, it's several classes of different medicines, but most of my patients, you know, when I see them in follow-up, maybe three months later, they're in tears because, you know, they've reduced their migraines, some of them to zero. Um, so it's it's big in the migraine world. So I think it's an exciting time. We have a lot new to offer um, patients, not only with medications, you know, some patients don't want to take medicines. They think, you know, I just want to treat this naturally, try to do all the things I can without taking pills. Um, and even in that regard, there's neuromodulators um, for chronic migraine. There's, you know, Botox where you get Botox into the scalp, which kind of calms the central nervous system down. Um, so there's just a lot of different things that have are new and upcoming that um, you know, maybe people don't know about yet. Actually, Jamie, what you mentioned was was a question from a viewer. Um, are there alternative treatments if I can't or if I don't want to take medication? Can you talk a little bit more about those options? Yeah, so we talked earlier about the modifiable behaviors. So getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, limiting your caffeine intake, your alcohol intake, and really watching your diet. Those things are really kind of the foundation of being able to treat your migraines. Um, so before we even prescribe those medicines, we kind of talk about those things. We want you to do those things, stopping smoking. Some headache specialists won't even treat patients who smoke because it's kind of counterintuitive. You're, you're causing your, the constriction of vessels. So you're causing a headache. Um, and so besides the modifiable factors, exercise, your diet, avoiding processed foods, and then once we get to kind of a good spot, but we're still having headaches, having migraines, then there's talk about um, vitamins and supplements. So there's um, a big one is magnesium oxide, just getting that over the counter and including that in your daily routine with a multivitamin. Um, the vitamin Bs, like B, B1, B6, those are 
important. And then CoQ10, it's also over the counter. You just add that um, as a daily supplement. And sometimes you can see a reduction with those medicines. Um, and then there's what we call neuromodulators. And it's new and upcoming. It kind of confuses the brain, the pain signals of the brain um, and helps to treat migraines. So there's different options. Um, we kind of work through different things with patients depending on what their preference is. That's good to know that there are options for people for, for whom that medication is is not an option. Um, had another question, um, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, but Debbie was asking particularly about uh, the barometric pressure changes and how that might affect a migraine and air quality. I mean, we've been talking about this that this week because of that Canadian wildfire smoke making it down to us, uh, making it super hazy. So. Um, those have been proven to be triggers, it sounds like as well. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how that may play a, a role in how frequently or how strong somebody gets migraines? So, um, like I said, the cranial nerves are what is activating the migraine. The kind of the central nucleus is the trigeminal nerve. It starts here and kind of branches off. It's in between the sinuses here, under here is the sinus, around the nose. Um, so a lot of patients will get kind of one-sided, um, it's a unilateral headache, throbbing, some people say behind the eye. So what the barometric pressure is, and there's not a lot of scientific evidence behind this, but what they think is, you know, the sinuses are air-filled cavities. And when there's a shift in the pressure, there's a shift in these sinuses. Sometimes there's fluid that comes into the sinuses. You get a runny nose, runny eyes. Um, so people say, well, this is just my sinus headache. But in reality, it's triggering those cranial nerves to be activated and to cause a migraine. So you might treat it for, you know, you might treat a sinus headache. But in reality, if you're a migraine sufferer, those are migraine headaches caused from some sinus irritation. Um, and then the air, air quality, of course, you know, it's, migraines are just a hypersensitivity. Um, so those cranial nerves are just waiting for something to be to activate them, whether it's sound, you know, bright lights, UV lights, screen time. Um, noise, they're often very sensitive to noise, and then air quality. I mean, you can look outside and just see that what we're breathing is not pure. Um, so obviously, they're just hypersensitive, so they are going to be probably more sensitive to this air quality. One of the other questions I got into uh, my inbox this morning, somebody wanted to know about how much perhaps your jaw alignment or TMJ issues or dental um, issues could play a part in in causing headaches or migraines. What, what do you know about that? Yeah, so I guess TMJ is muscle tension. When we're sleeping, we're clenching, we have, we're under a lot of stress, we do it even without thinking. Um, and so those cranial nerves, again, it can run right along the jawline. So when that muscle is activated and it's stressed and it's tense, kind of triggers that cranial nerve to, again, activate the pain signal to the brain. Um, so there's different treatments, you know, chiropractor, they can adjust um, muscle relaxants, but also things like Botox can just kind of calm that muscle down so you're not as apt to clench, which would then help prevent some of your headaches. Sometimes it's finding the underlying cause and treating that as opposed to just treating your migraines. Oh, I am definitely a nighttime clencher. So when I wear my <laughs> retainer, it makes a huge difference. So really? I know that all too well. Okay. And our last viewer question, this message or this question comes from Catherine, who is a chronic migraine sufferer also. And she wants to know, will migraines, is it possible if you are a chronic sufferer, will they ever just go away? So it's possible, I won't um, knock out all 
hope there. But, um, you know, they're also very hormonal. That's why women tend to get them more than men. Um, so as we kind of go through life, things happen hormonally. Um, sometimes they can go away. In pregnancy, honestly, migraines usually go away in second and third trimester. But as we get older, so hormone shift, it's just kind of 50-50. Some people don't have them once they kind of go through menopause and they get older. Other people, it, they change and they get worse. Um, so it's kind of just, we don't know which one you're going to fall into. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that this was an exciting time for this kind of research looking into it. Um, what are you looking forward to as somebody who treats patients who who deal with migraines and headaches? Uh, in addition to what's you know on the market now, what are you looking forward to as far as where we might be, um, you know, maybe several years or even maybe you know 10, 20 years down the road when it comes to being able to help people um, relieve pain and stop their migraines? what What can we look forward to, perhaps? Um, well, I guess, most of neurology is kind of chronic and progressive. There's not a lot of, a lot of cures out there. Um, so a lot of my patients I see, you know, they're not getting better. We're not curing them. We're just offering kind of a treatment. Um, migraines is actually, you know, with all these new medications, it's an exciting time because I see people improving, you know, we're able to give them days back that they originally didn't have. So they're not missing vacations. They're not missing graduations. They're able to go to work without calling in. Um, so I feel like just this class of medicine is the start of, you know, new and upcoming treatments for the prevention of migraines. Um, so I think just the medicines that we have available right now even is exciting. Um, so in the next five, 10 years, I think we're just going to continue to know more um, on how to prevent them so that we're getting our days back. That is such welcome news to hear. Like I said, I know from those migraine sufferers, it can be so debilitating. So to know that there is uh, good news, hopefully on the horizon, uh, is good to know. Uh, Jamie, before we let you go, anything else that you would like to add or anything else that you'd like to emphasize as part of our conversation today or any myths you want to bust <laughs> before we wrap up? Um, I guess I would just say, talk to your primary care provider first. You know, I think there was a study that said only 5% of migraine sufferers are even getting treatment. So they're kind of just suffering with these headaches, thinking it's normal. So the first step would kind of be to go to your family doctor. They can properly diagnose you. Sometimes imaging is necessary, blood work to make sure that this isn't a secondary headache caused from something else. Um, so once you get that diagnosis of a migraine, if they're comfortable treating you, then that's fine. They can treat you. But if you feel like you need kind of a headache specialist or someone who can really just hyper-focus in on your migraines, then see neurology or a headache specialist at some university center um, because you, it is quite debilitating and it can really affect your life. And like I said, these episodic migraines can become chronic and at that point, they're really hard to treat. So I think just kind of being open and honest with your provider, trying to look inside and see what you can change behavior-wise, um, I think that would be the best step for your migraines. Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time. <laughs>